My name is David Siegler, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers out there in property sourcing profit land. If you are sourcing property for fees, then uh, this is the podcast for you. And I've got quite an interesting one for you today. This is... uh, this is something I'm going to give a shout out in the progressive community, for those of you not in the progressive community in the United Kingdom, because uh, we have listeners all around the world now. How cool is that? I had no idea when I started this, I would be listened to by people in over 80 countries around the world. Just mind boggling. What are you doing? <laughs> you must have better things to do. <laughs> anyway, I want to give a shout out to my friend Cliff Hobbs in the progressive community uh, progressive property community in the united kingdom because uh cliff posted uh, quite a long post uh early november 2019 and uh it was uh, full of questions all about deal packaging he's obviously considering it very carefully and cliff and i have spoken uh, a couple of times uh, and and it's all good uh, and he posted some questions which i looked at and i thought really and then I thought, do you know what, David? If you have no knowledge of property sourcing of deal packaging, then these questions could be regra- regarded as uh, very real and very serious and, and worthy of being dealt with. So um, here's the truth of it, guys. I have printed out Cliff's questions. There are nine of them, and I'm going to work my way through them, and um, you'll see some of them are some of them are worthy questions and things you need to consider and it might help if you understood uh, the process of putting a package deal together i think that's going to help you a lot some of these questions are phantoms that we don't have to worry about but it's cool because the questions come from a good place so i'm going to start working my way through and uh, number one cliff asked number one typically how long do you spend looking for a deal? Truth to tell, Cliff, not very long. And uh, it's a question for everyone. It's not just about Cliff. But if you're sitting there thinking, okay, David, I want to package deals. How long is it going to take me to find a deal? Depends how you go about it. So from my perspective, the way I do it, and, and from what I've seen, the brightest and the best young, not so young, property packages in the United Kingdom today, um, package deals on a investor order basis. In other words, they find the investor first, they qualify the investor, they have long conversations with the investor, finding out all their dreams, goals, aspirations, all their financial criteria, and then they go and find a deal to order. So they know what they're looking for before they go shopping for it, right? This is this will save you so much time. So the the the, the question behind the question is um, the question is typically how long do you spend looking for a deal? I think part of the question that Cliff is asking is is it going to take a long time to find a deal? Well, if you don't know what the deal is, then it's needle in the haystack, team. You know what what you're looking for. So here's what I'm saying to Cliff and all other people new to packaging: make sure you know what you're looking for first and then go and look for it. So you've got specific criteria. And that might mean that might mean sourcing a property where you can multi-let. Might mean that. 
And uh, then if you know you're going to multi-let, there will be minimum room sizes you've, you've got to adhere to. Uh, and they're different all around the country, uh, depending on what local authority you're in. So you might go on the local authority website, find out what the minimum room size is, and then it's floor plans, floor plans, floor plans, floor plans all the way. You can start on right move, and really, you're just looking at floor plans. Are these? Is this house I'm looking at today going to be able to be adjusted to accommodate a multi-let scenario? That's just one scenario, right? Um, is there Article 4? If there's Article 4, and I've dealt with Article 4 in previous podcast episodes, we can't multi-let. Or you can, but you have to get planning permission, and that's hard sometimes. Uh, and I've done an episode on that. Or are we gonna are we gonna use serviced accommodation in this property? So we've got a fantastic single let aspirational type house that doesn't quite yield high enough as a, a single let. It's a great property to own, but you're talking about six percent gross yield. We've done a podcast episode on gross yield. I'll stop that now. I won't mention the other episodes anymore. Um, and you want to get 16% gross yield, right? By layering on the numbers from experienced SA operators in the area, maybe you can find a house that fits. Right, so how long does it take? do you spend looking for a deal? Not as long as you think. Not as long as you think, Cliff. It's not, if, but you've got to do it right. Not as difficult as you think as so long as you do it right. Which leads us on to number two, which is, Kind of the same question as number one, I think. I'll read it out to you, number two. How many do you need to reject before you find one that works? So I've never really looked at it that way. I just reject the ones that need rejecting, and I keep looking for the ones that I don't reject. Uh, so can I give you a number on that? It's a, sometimes it's more than others, right? But it's quite a quick exercise. You don't have to drive around town viewing these properties, if it's a flat floor plan exercise, you look online, you just look online, or you get someone else to look online, you know, to train them up, show them what to do. So how many do you reject? I suppose you want me to say, in answer to that question, how many uh, viewings do you have to do to get a deal? Uh, that's a reasonable question. It is. So if you're starting out, my gut feeling from what I've seen, I haven't, this is only a straw poll, I haven't got the science, I haven't got the numbers behind me, but this is how I feel. Maybe you'll go and view 30 properties before you get a deal. Now, as you get more experience, stay with me, team, your viewing criteria will sharpen up a bit. You realise you're going to see stuff that won't possibly work as whatever structure it is that you're trying to put in place, right? So that can come down to one in 15. Um, when I was busy, 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 I was probably viewing one in 10, right? To get below one in 10, you've got to be really, really good. Uh, I was really, really good. I never got much below one in 10. So maybe you've got to go and see 10, right? Uh, the other thing, of course, is if you go and see 10, you might find two. You might. Depends where you are in the cycle. So, how many do you need to reject, Cliff asks, before you find one that works? Doesn't matter, really. Doesn't, does it matter? Because you're looking for something very bespoke. So you're not looking for a house. You're looking for a specific deal that works, produces the numbers for a specific investor that you have already qualified. And you know if you find this specific deal that hits these specific numbers, the investor will buy. 
you know, it's worth spending a few hours on if that's how long it's going to take. Okay, let's move on. Number three, once you find one, I think he means a deal, how long does it take to package in inverted commas and what's involved? Okay, so doing it my way, finding the investor first, it doesn't like take long at all, Cliff, and all good friends out there. And it's not really about Cliff. It's not fair me to keep saying Cliff because these are questions that reasonable people new to deal packaging would ask. So all of you new people, who reasonable people, coming without deal packaging background, you know, here's the answer to this question. Once you find one, how long does it take to package? So I know what the answer, uh, I know what the, forgive me, the numbers are. I know the investors' criteria. I go and find a house that they want to buy, right? And then I find one and it fits and everything works and the numbers are cool. And they've already said to me, this particular investor that I've got in the back of my head, I've already said to me, and I've, I've qualified it in words of one syllable, I've said to them, I'm going shopping now. I'm going looking for what you want to hit your numbers. And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to find it. So if I find it, are you happy to, for me to do the paperwork and we can proceed? And they've already given me a yes to that question before I go and look for the property. So in terms of once you've found it, how long does it take to package? It's a phone call. It's a phone call. Hi, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor. You know what we were looking for? I've found it. I've found it. It hits all your numbers. Why don't we get together, have a coffee, and then we can move this forward? So there's no um, there's no stepping back into the negotiation. You know, I found this, and this is what it does, and is this something you're looking for? No, 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 no. We've moved beyond that. I've done, I've done all that before I went and looked for the house. So now I can ring with confidence. I'm saying, Mr. Investor, I've hit your numbers. You told me if you, I hit your numbers, you'd move forward. Let's move forward. And we move forward. Cool. Good question, though. Number four, how long from finding, packaging, and sending a deal to it being accepted do you need to wait to get paid? Okay. I'm going to read that again because I didn't read it very well. How long from finding, packaging, and sending a deal to it being accepted do you need to wait to get paid? I think that's what he means. That's what the words say. So what are you saying there, Cliff? I think you're saying, you see, it's the, it's the mindset that's wrong. You're in the wrong place mentally, if, if, if I may, right? Because um, you're on working on the premise that is, this deal hasn't been accepted, even though you've sent it to an investor, right? I am not working from a, a mailing list where I'm sending stuff out and I don't know who is at the other end and maybe some of it will stick and maybe someone there will, 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 do, will buy it and pay me a fee, right? I'm not doing that. So how long from finding, packaging and sending a deal being accepted do you wait to get paid? We get paid when the transaction is complete. So if it's one of my investors, it's it's a phone call, it's a cup of coffee to say, you know, we found what you're looking for, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor. Let's hit the button. Let's hit the start button, and we're on their way. Let's put it into legals. Uh, you've then got to go through the legal process and get to exchange or completion, depending on how you do it. Usually it's the same day. Let's assume it's going to be the same day. Um, and that's when you get paid at exchange or exchange and completion on the same day. 
So how long does that take? How long's a piece of string? Normal legal process. Oh. We say four weeks, but it's probably going to be eight, isn't it? Eight weeks? Which is why you need a sausage machine. Because you can put this one in your sausage machine and you know it's going to come out in six to eight weeks. But you just don't sit there waiting for eight weeks for it to come out. You put some more in the pipeline. So although they start coming out every eight weeks, um, you're putting one in a week. So once you get to eight weeks, you've got one a week coming out the other end. Does that make sense? That's really how you need to do it. Number five. This is a great question. Brilliant question. Where do you find your investors? Anywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. And, David, that's a very flip answer. That's very simplistic. A man wants to know where to find investors. Well, there's no investor shop where you go in and say, I'd like some investors, please. What you have to do, the most, the best way, the most surefire way to find investors is to um, position yourself in the property forums on Facebook. For me, Facebook is still the daddy. And I read all this stuff about LinkedIn. I get it. I understand. I'm not very good at LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, you're nobody. That's what I heard during the week. Uh, and there may well be some some truth to that. But at my level, Facebook, 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 all the way into the property forums. So talk about who you are, your experience, what you've been doing. If you haven't got any experience, what you haven't been doing, but what you want to do. Um, let's see you out there active. Let's see pictures of you. I'm not talking video at this point, or you could do video. That's cool. But I, I sometimes, you know, friends at this level, just starting out, they, they're a bit resistant to do resistant to doing video and lives. Um, don't worry about it. Just jump in. What can go wrong? Right? So show who you are. Let your character shine through. What are your values? Why would people want to work with you? Start talking about houses. Start talking about uh, prices. Start talking about returns on capital. Start talking about, start talking as if you're a professional deal packager working with investors and people will come. So where do you find your investors? I'm going to say online. One word, online. Of course, you can do it at network events. That's another way of doing it. Of course, you can do it at the gym, at angel events, flying clubs, one of the old favourites. Uh, but the thing about flying clubs, it, it, any member's club where people have money, right? Flying clubs, obviously, uh, people are going to have money if they're going to fly aeroplanes, right? So, yes, you can do all that stuff. But the quickest way, and I've seen it so many times with great friends in the community I'm frightened to start naming people in case I miss people out. But you've seen them. You see them in the property forums talking about their business and what they're doing. Uh, yeah, content, content, content marketing, right? Just do a walk-around video as you're doing the viewing. Oh, find some old-fashioned carpets. Or find a, a burgundy bathroom suite. People love to see that. Oh, look what I've found. Should we change it? Should we leave it in? Um, I know you're going to change it, but it's just conversational right so where do you find your investors online that's the way to do it cliff this is an interesting question number six it's top nine and you got nine could have made it ten cliff um what's to stop everyone chasing the same deal 
I understand why you've asked the question, but it's not a real it's not a real concern in the real world, right? So what's to stop everyone chasing the same deal? The 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 implication of that is there is a deal out there and it's such a good deal, everyone's gonna go and chase it. Because we all know where it is. Um or we're all gonna go looking for it. And who are we and who are we all and how many of us are there and um what is a deal in the first place? So there's you've got to define Fine, all those things, Cliff. And actually, in the classroom, maybe, maybe I can understand the privacy. Two o'clock in the morning, you wake up and think, "Oh, deal packages." What if everyone goes and chases the same deal? Um, it doesn't in the real world. That doesn't happen, right? I might. I know what my investors' criteria are, right? I might go and do a viewing of a house that fits the criteria because I've looked at the floor plans and I know how much the house is. So I know what sort of returns we can dig out. Now, there may be someone else viewing the house at the same time. They may have had several viewings. They may have had offers. There may well be other people interested in this property to use it in a completely different way to the way that I'm going to use it. Maybe people want to live there, right? Maybe they're looking for a family home. That does happen in those circumstances. It comes down to negotiation. You might lose out. You go on to the next one. But you haven't lost a deal to another deal sourcer. Very unusual. Really, really unusual. It has happened to me, uh, but it's very rare that I go and see a property that a deal sourcer or a different deal sourcing company has already been to see. Uh, and if, it, if that happens to you, don't let it sway your numbers. Your numbers are your numbers. Don't get involved in a sort of uh, mock auction you know, where you're pushing the numbers up. Your investor needs a certain return. You can go to a certain point in terms of bidding for the house to ensure that return. Don't go beyond it. If you have to go beyond it and someone else is prepared to pay more, good luck, let them have it, okay? But when you put it in terms of what's to stop everyone chasing the same deal, that that's, it's just not a real-world thing. I'm so sorry, it's not. It's not how we roll. Not how it happens. I mean, I have in the past. If you can imagine a marriage, if you can imagine uh, a terraced street, terraced houses on both sides of the street, you've all been there, you know. Like the street where the Peaky Blinders live, one of those in Birmingham. I have stood on one side of the road looking at a house on the other side of the road when at the very same time a deal packager I know has been on the opposite side of the road, looking back at me and the house behind me, and I didn't even know the house behind me was on the market, right? So that happens, but that's not a problem because we're not looking at the same house, right? So don't worry about it. I think that's what I'm saying. Uh, number seven, what's to stop two or more people sending the same deal to the same investor? I don't think I've ever seen that, ever. So not with my investors. My investors are working with me uh, in the same way that um, I have had the conversation with them and find out what they want. They're having a look at me at the same time, deciding whether they like the cut of my jib, and I'll go out and find something that fits their criteria, right? It's very – well, I don't think it's ever happened where an investor has spoken – to another deal packager in the same town that works with me. So what may happen rarely, and it is rare, that a an investor might have a word with me and then they'll 
I'm working in Peterborough, so I get that Midlands sort of mix of capital growth over time with cash flow now. Uh, but they might think, do you know what? It's a lower cost of entry in the north. Might go north, talk to a deal packager up there. But there'll be different numbers. You know, there'll be high cash flow, very little capital growth over time, depending what street you're in, right? Um, that happens. I have watched investors come and talk to me, spend a bit of time with me, and then go all around the country. I've watched them on social media, you know. Oh, I'm in Wales today. I'm in Middlesbrough today. I'm somewhere else today, right? And uh, that's totally cool. I'm totally cool with that. If If I haven't got what they need, if I can't meet their criteria and they go and have a look somewhere else, that, that's not an issue. And then spookily what happens? A lot of times, not every time, is the investor comes back to me and said, let's have another look, David. I think, I think maybe we've got some common ground. Let's have another look. So um, two or more people sending the same deal to the same investor. It's never happened. It, I mean, this is one of those classroom things that you think might happen, really doesn't happen. Don't worry about that one. Okay, number eight. What's to stop someone stealing your deal? Yeah, there's an old um, uh, monster in the dead of night that deal packages get paranoid about. They wake up in a cold sweat. You know, somebody going to steal my deal? Are they going to cut me out? Um, here's the truth, team. They'll try. Uh, not everyone will try. It happens rarely. It happens occasionally, though. It does. Um, and it doesn't matter, even matter what community uh, you're in. There are people in the same community as you who um, will try to do it, and some have done it. Um, if it happens, take it on the chin. Don't work with them again. End of. Right? Um, I, you know, I know people who I would not work with today because I know they've taken deals of other friends in the in the community and uh, in the industry and i won't work with them now that doesn't mean their life is blighted because i won't work with them maybe they don't want to work with me either right but why would i get involved with somebody like that so um what's to stop someone stealing your deal your personal relationship with the investor and you can put all the bits of paper you like in the, in between right you can get them to sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreement, NCAs, non-circumvention agreement. You can, you know, you're not allowed to go around me. Terms and conditions, Mr. Investor. You know, you can't go straight to the vendor or straight to the estate agent. Get the deal off him. You're not going to do that. But if they do, what are you going to do about it? Really, are we really going to spend the little time that we have on this earth uh, in litigation, sitting in a courtroom somewhere, for what? Um, I would just move on. So uh, that is a really good question, Cliff. Um, what's to stop someone stealing your deal? Only your relationship uh, that you build with your investor and other parties. So with my deals, not only would someone struggle to deflect the investor away from me into, in, uh, you know, into doing it themselves, also I believe, because I've seen it, the estate agents that I work with would ring me, would tell me immediately if someone was being a little bit cheeky behind the scenes. Why would they do that? I'll tell you why they do that. Because they know if um, they work with me and my team, um, the, the wonderful progressive sourcing team in Peterborough, we can sell a deal a month for them. Right? We can we can do two a month. Okay. Um, 
the other guy or girl, how many deals they're going to do with them. So they're quite happy to support us and protect us. This is real world thing. So it's a people business. When people say it's a people business, it really is about the people, you know. And if you work with friends and you work with people you can trust, as far as you can trust anyone, no one's going to steal your deal. But they'll try. Which leads us to, where are we? Question number nine. Oh, this is a long one. Are the skills for deal packaging the same stroke similar to joint venturing? Uh, another strategy I'm considering is looking for a deal and then asking an investor to lend me the deposit. I buy a refurb revalue and then return the deposit with some interest to the investor. Um, why don't you do both? Why don't you do both? So it's specific. It's a Cliff-specific question, that one. So I'm going to talk to Cliff. Do both. Package deals to get cash flow into your life. And then when you find the property that you want to buy, work with one of your investors, if you like, on a well, on the basis you suggest here, you know, buy, refurb, reval, and um, the investors lent the deposit. Okay, so... Yeah, you know, be pe- be careful how you structure the finance. You've got to do that by the book, and you need a great broker to help you with that. Um, the question specifically is, are the skills for deal packaging the same stroke similar to joint venturing? So uh, are they the same? No. There's other criteria. Are they similar? Very, very similar, i.e., for both of them, you need to find a great deal. For both of them, you need to have a great relationship with your investor. And for both of them, you're going to make some money along the way. So, um, yeah, yeah, do both. And sharpen your skills, sourcing and packaging deals for others. And then what happens, Cliff, the way it rolls, is you'll find deals for others. And then some, suddenly, it happened to me about two weeks ago, but I was too, I was too slow. <laughs> um. If Adam Seals listened to this, he'll be chuckling to himself, right? I was too slow. Um, Sometimes something comes upon your desk and you think, wow, I cannot package that on. That's that's a big deal. It's a very rewarding deal financially. It's uh, got the potential of being no money left in. Uh, You know, that's a deal that I should be doing because that's what we're taught to do, right? So, Cliff, do both. Do both. Cool. There we go. So um, I hope that's helped. I think it was useful to go through Cliff's questions because anyone new to deal packaging might be asking these questions in their head and um, thinking, well, I can't ask a question because I'm new and it will make me look uh, like I'm new. doesn't matter. We're all new, right? Let's ask the questions, get them out there. I hope you enjoyed the answers. I hope this was a useful episode for you. Um, Deal packages out there in property sourcing profit land. Get out there. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.